Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good afternoon. This is Susie McGinn. I'm calling on all of you and welcoming you to this program on WSFI, Healing the Whole Person. And today our guest is someone that many of you who listen regularly are familiar with, a great favor of Joan McHugh, who was the founder of this program many years ago. So today we have with us Father Robert Sears. Father was, uh, among many other things, he was a spiritual director for Joan McHugh. So he was a great inspiration and encourager to her. He is a former professor at the Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and at the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University of Chicago. He is currently a spiritual director, a counselor, workshop and retreat presenter, and writer on various aspects of healing, especially faith development and intergenerational healing, as well as the healing of the environment. He is past president of ACT Heals, A-C-T Heals. It's www.actheals.org an association of health care providers to bring Jesus' healing to health care. His articles and writings are available on his website, www.familytreehealing.com. That's familytreehealing.com. So welcome, Father Bob. We I love your subject today. We're going to be talking about ordination and healing and uh, it's so timely since there are so many uh, wonderful ordinations taking place around the world from Rome to all the cities and here of course in the United States and in Chicago where we are located. So um, I'd welcome you and uh, look forward to many of your comments and uh, I just want to say one thing about priests. Uh, it was something that Bishop Sheen said that years ago, of course, that I always remembered. He said, a priest is a man who brings God to the people and the people to God. And I think that says it all. And uh, so I, I know that you're going to do that for us today through this program. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This, uh, this topic, I think, uh, has recently been getting stronger among me because in some ways, uh, nowadays, people are questioning authority and understanding, you know, and they want freedom and they want to um, make their own decisions. And so it's important that we really realize you know, the importance of ordination and that the fact that the leaders of the church is Jesus did were really chosen by Jesus and were given that uh, commission to do it so it's really they're standing in the place of Jesus when they perform the particular offices of their ordination you know the things that 
occurred to me was Jesus had said that you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. So our vocations are not initiated by ourselves, but they're initiated by God's call. Yes. And we respond to that. So all our purposes, and that's not just for people who are ordained, you know, in official capacity. That's really for every Christian that we're before we're placed in the womb, God knew us yes. and appointed us, as he said to Jeremiah, that we would go and bear fruit. And he appointed Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations, and others are called, like Peter and the apostles, etc., to do the work that Jesus has commissioned them to do. Even though they were reluctant sometimes, just like they are today, right? When uh, young men are discerning the priesthood, there's a reluctance yes. sometimes uh, to accept the, that call. And yes, they, and, yes. Uh, Moses was reluctant, and Jeremiah, you know, <laughs> go on, Father. <laughs> well, that's true, Jeremiah, and also Isaiah, he said, you know, you know, woe is me, I'm a sinful man. You right, know, unclean lips. <laughs> And the angel came and touched his lips and uh, purified him so yeah. he could carry out that call. That's so right. one of our spiritual directors some years ago, he would say that if you really thought you could do it, you probably don't have a vocation. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I know I didn't think I could do it. And I just <laughs> I, I just did it because I felt that's what God was calling me to do. And if if he wanted me to do it, he'll give me the grace to do it. But <laughs> right. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got your uh, call to the priesthood? Well, yeah. Originally, I uh, felt called to the Jesuits. You know, in high school, I we at that time I was at in uh, at Loyola Academy when it was on the the Loyola University campus, and uh, John Powell was our uh, Sodality director, and he had us do the spiritual exercises. He did 15 minutes a day. He wrote out the meditations for the week for us for about seven months. And as I did that, I really felt called to religious life. And originally, I was thinking of called to the Trappist, but I felt since I'm an introvert, that would be too easy for me. So <laughs> I, I figured it probably is a little more extroverted that he would want to balance my proclivities, you know, so, so I, but I was very touched by Ignatius' spirituality, so that was my call to be a Jesuit, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was kind of fearful to even do that, but the Lord takes away the fear when he gives us a call, and it might come back later, which it kind of did, but, uh, but then we're already committed, and so we have to really keep trusting the Lord as he takes us through the the journey, you know. And when I was uh, in Germany, that's when I was studying theology to to be ordained, and I had a depression, and I mentioned that before in healing uh, uh, talks. uh, And I felt like, well, it was, uh, I couldn't figure out why I was depressed, but uh, I figured, well, I I didn't think I could do anything, you know, because once you're depressed, you don't feel like you're able to do anything. And right. so I said, well, if, if I can't do anything, I might as well do what I want to do <laughs> <laughs> and let God figure out whether I can do it or not. So I kind of, and you, Ignatius does have a principle that if you made a decision in 
consolation. You shouldn't change it in when you're feeling bad or desolation. Uh-huh. And and so that's what I chose when I was in consolation to get ordained. So I I went through it, and the Lord just kind of filled it out. I fi- I figured, well, if He's calling me, He can He can. <laughs> can do what's necessary sure i used to have a bible study teacher that said from the moment of our conception we're fully equipped to do everything god calls us to do and i think yeah and i think that that's true we just have to listen and obey right (laughs) just like we tell our children you know (laughs) if people are called for example to 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 be married they are also chest tested aren't they you know you have to go through trials and realize that God called you it wasn't just something that you chose yourself that's right that's right and we know that we're fully equipped so we can trust him Jesus I trust in you amen amen, amen. Mm-hmm. right that's very important because it, first of all because we're ordained we we are not speaking on our own behalf we're speaking on Jesus's behalf he's the one that called and you might say well the the primary call is the Pope, you know, and so Peter was called, and and Peter, <clears throat> you know, he he thought he was able to do these things, but then when he, after he had said, I'll lay down my life for you, and Jesus said, will you lay down your life for me, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Right. And, and, and he did. And he did, yeah. I don't think Peter ever forgot that. He knew he wasn't able to do it just because of his own strength and that's what made him a rock you know his name is is uh, Simon Simon Peter Simon means reed okay <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want to be a reed he was wind. a reed before but now he's a rock yeah. because he's not trusting himself he's trusting Jesus and that's really the key to being ordained is oh. that you know your call and you discern it and the other people discern it too so that the, the church discerns it to make sure that you, they feel like you have the call or the gifts for that particular call. Yeah, I think a lot of, did you get encouragement from your family or friends uh, in your vocation or? Uh, well, I, I kind of did it on my own, but the, uh, my mother was always, my, my grandmother was always praying for a, a priest in the family. Mm-hmm. And so I think that probably, you know, kind of had some influence. And my mother felt like I had a vocation even before she told me. (laughs) So she wanted, she moved us from subdivision in Highland Park into the city so I could go to a Catholic school, even though my older brother and sister never went to a Catholic school. Or they did in college, but not in uh, in high school. Uh And my mother wanted me to go to grade school in a Catholic school. And that's why I... uh, I learned to be master of ceremonies and and all that type of thing, and then I went. That's why I chose to go to Loyola Academy. Sure, sure. At that time wasn't as expensive as it is. I don't think I would have been able to do it because <laughs> <laughs> I had to pay for it. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. Wasn't my parents because so, they couldn't afford it. Then right. did you enter the seminary right after that, or did you go to Loyola? Well, I went to the seminary right after uh, graduating from high school, yes. Mm -hmm. Those were the days when you did that. Nowadays, that's not that common. Most people have... They're a little uh, older. Yeah, they're older. I just read uh, today that um, the average age now of the ordained priests this year is 33. 
and it's a little lower than it was 36 a few years ago but it's 33 so we're getting some mature men who uh well i was a mature man by the time i got ordained because the jesuits Jesuits have to (laughs) study so long i know i know yeah (laughs) so i started at third uh i was ordained in 66 so that was i was 32 at that time Uh so (laughs) you were mature We have a lot of training. They say, you know, the Jesuits are slow, so they have to get the extra training. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but Jesus chose Peter, and the church recognized that that position, for example, in ordination, you could have said, well, like some people interpret the scripture, it was just for Peter, but but that can't really be right, because the church is going to always be faced with the deceptions of evil on the gates of hell and Jesus said the promise that it would not prevail against it so they're going to need uh, a person who represents Jesus for the whole church I mean I think that's an important uh, aspect that people are rediscovering in our days that if we don't have that you have splintering of the church in many ways right we're one body many parts exactly yes Yes. Now that's that's really an important thing. Not only that that the ordination, uh, in a sense, strengthens people <clears throat> to realize it's Jesus that confers all the sacraments. That's why it's healing. The sacraments heal by their very effect because Jesus is doing it. So, for reconciliation, for example, when Jesus says, "You know, your sins are forgiven, and I absolve you from your sin." That's, the priest is not speaking in his name, he's speaking in Jesus' name. That's right. Under, under the authority of the church, and so that takes place. So that's effective just by itself. And baptism is effective just by itself, or mass is effective. Whether the priest is holy or not, he's still speaking the words of Jesus. If he does that, and he has that intention, the mass is valid. Of course. He, he has to get his life straightened out later, but <laughs> if, if we live according to the call, we will become holy, but it doesn't mean that holiness, our holiness isn't a presupposition of the effectiveness of that particular sacrament or of any of the sacraments. They're all done by Jesus. Right. And even marriage, where the ministers of marriage are those the spouses themselves that yes. commit themselves to the relationship, but they're doing it in the structure of the church, and so they are entering into a sacramental marriage, yes. which is instituted by Christ to give grace. And so they aren't just speaking their words. They're mm-hmm. saying, we want this relationship to be a relationship that God is choosing. And they're doing it by faith. They're doing it by faith. Right, because uh, a married couple, we often... It, older people go to weddings and we look at that young couple and we just think they have no idea what's ahead of them <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. but it is it's it's wonderful when we experience God's grace in our lives and the things that how he works through our problems years ago you remember how uh, when the priest would read that little sermonette at the beginning of the um, marriage ceremony mm-hmm. and he would say um, one of the things that he'd say is that when you have problems and then there was a comma and you're going to have them 
comma and if and then he'd go on you know and if if we all listened to that more carefully he might have walked back down the aisle <laughs> everybody nodded their heads yeah right, right yeah, but we all you're going to have them you know that's right exactly no, right. And I, I you know i do a lot of uh, counseling of couples that are struggling with their relationship etc and and I just tell them, you know, it's, it, the marriage isn't meant to solve your problems. It's meant to, in a sense, bring them up. That's because right. our deepest wound is love wound. And we didn't get the love we needed from our parents because they're affected by original sin, too. Sure. So we're looking for it from, from our spouse, and that's just going to be disappointing because they aren't the solution. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, when my husband and I were dating... Um, one night he said to me, he says, what is um, the goal, your goal in our marriage? What are you after? And um, so I just blurted out what I had memorized and I knew I had been taught. I said, oh, well, it's to save my soul and yours. That's my goal. And I, but in my heart, I had no idea how that was going to happen. <laughs> and I think that's true with, a, yeah. with an ordination, well, too. In you other don't words, know. That I tell married people your your goal as a sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to do what right to give to grace give grace right and then now we used to say that if the grace was coming from God so you could go through the marriage but I think that that's not the deepest meaning no the deepest meaning is that you are grace for each other that's right that's and right. And you bring up the deepest issues so that together you can find Christ to deepen that relationship. Yes, and that glory to God, if, that's exactly what happened to us. So it worked. <laughs> yes. Now, if people, think, if people feel that in their marriage, they're going to also realize that the church is like a divine marriage. And when the church, when the uh, pastors are ordained, you know, or the priests or the bishops or the the Pope is ordained, they're ordained to be ministers to the family of God. Uh-huh. And all of the sacraments are bringing us into the family of God. And so one of the things that, that's very important for ordination is unity, just as it is in the family. If the family isn't united, if the parents don't support each other, and in a sense discipline the children from a united front, then the children play the parents off against each other. Right, they have to serve two masters, you know, right. right. Um, Father, can you hear that beautiful music? Yes, I hear that, the song. That so familiar <laughs> song. So we're going to just take a short break to all of our listeners. Please stay with us. Uh, I think this is a very exciting conversation, uh, and uh, I know that uh, you're enjoying it too. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you.
The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, this is Mike McCoy. I went to the University of Notre Dame, played 11 years in the NFL. And why is Catholic Radio relevant for the Chicago area? Well, I think it's relevant all over the country because of what's going on in our culture today. I see it all the time as I go into Catholic schools. A lot of pressure on our young people. You know, what's the truth? What's, what's not the truth? What's the absolute truth? So hopefully by coming into this social media radio, we'll get some positive things out there so people can listen to. So that's why I think it's relevant because our culture is overwhelming us today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back to Healing the Whole Person. You're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM in Antioch, Illinois. And Father um, Bob Sears is our guest today. We're having a, a lively conversation about priesthood and vocations and listening to our Lord. But speaking of that, Lord, uh, I mean, uh, Father, I would like, if you don't mind, we have a few prayer requests that we, I'd like to start the second half of our show this afternoon with, and then we'll go on with our discussion. Um, we have a uh, prayer request from Jill who is suffering from a kidney stone. I know those are very, very painful. Uh, and um, we also were asked to have been prayed for a man named Frank, who is suffering from prostate cancer. Who's and, his other one? Uh, Frank, his name is, uh, prostate cancer. Okay. And then the third one is um, Martha. It's, uh, she's recovering from breast cancer. It's uh, Angela Tomlinson's sister. So those three, the, Jill with the kidney stone, Frank with the prostate cancer, and then Martha with the breast cancer. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are the one who is the healer. And the healing, Lord, was your gift to us. Ultimately, the deepest healing, Lord, is to rest in your love because perfect love casts out fear. And fear, whether it's our own or the ancestors, uh, is the cause of these different sufferings, for example, and the sins. So, Lord, we just pray that you would lay your hands on Jill, that she would be touched by the 
power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that her kidneys would be brought back into right order and that the cancer would be dealt with. Cancer, of course, is a uh, is not a pathogen, so it isn't something that you'd have to fight. The problem with it is that it's not being turned off and it's a pain. So whatever the root problem is for Jill, Lord, we ask that that be brought up into the light so that she can know that your love is there and she doesn't have to be afraid and she can let your love in thank you jesus thank you, and we pray for frank lord and what his, his, his uh, prostate his, cancer father prostate cancer mm -hmm. so lord we ask for a healing for frank also that that you touch him cancer seems to be so prevalent because we all have these deep wounds lord that i had tongue cancer myself and so i had to ask why did that happen and it turned out that it, i didn't speak my pain i never smoked so it was the, the tongue was showing me a deep pain that i hadn't been dealing with so whatever that deep pain is lord we ask that you bring it to light and so that the prostate cancer can be healed and there'll be no fear because you touch us and you love us and you watch over us and nothing happens that you aren't meaning to bring good out of. We give you thanks and praise. And for <clears throat> Martha also has breast cancer, we ask that that, that oftentimes is a, is a, you know, a mothering problem or various different deep fears there. Sometimes they're uh, you simply need to be bring them to the Lord and let his love bring about the healing. So, Lord, we ask that you touch all of those with your love and bring about your healing through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 And we'll just Amen. add to that all the beautiful priests um, that are discerning vocations right now and mm. those that have just been ordained in not only the mm -hmm. diaconate but into the priesthood uh, last week, this week both in Rome and here in Chicago and all around the world. Lord, yes, we, we need good priests and holy priests. Uh, encourage them, keep them safe from harm, and uh, and lead them not into temptation. And we Thank you, Lord. This. Yes, for yes. that purification for the church, Lord, because we don't just want to hear your word or even understand it. We want to we want to embody it, Lord, because you embodied your own word. You never said anything you weren't living. And so help us to grow into living what you have, what we say when we teach mm -hmm. or when we preach. Thank yes, you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so now, uh, again, our guest today is uh, that familiar voice of Father Bob Sears. And I'm, again, we welcome him. I um, we want to go on now, Lord, or I mean, I keep calling you Lord, Father Sears, but I guess that's all right, too. Uh, mm -hmm. the, anyway, I, I'd like to talk about how the uh, priesthood was handed down from the apostles and the, that authority, because we know that all authority comes from God, and how the church was founded on that authority and continues today. Yes, the, the authority, very interestingly enough, the the, the different uh, kind of positions in the church are can be looked at as continuations in, and uh, reinterpretations in light of Jesus of uh, similar positions in the Jewish tradition and so you had your high priests and then you had your priests and then you had your 
uh, helpers. You, know, you, have, you have the high priest, and you have bishops, and you have the uh, presbyteroi or the elders, and the and the priests, which is uh, so. Those are all positions that kind of were prepared for in Judaism and uh, were reinterpreted in Jesus. So ultimately, whatever the Old Testament spoke about, the Catholic Church sees fulfilled in Jesus. And so that the unity of the Church, for example, is uh, that, that Jesus had the high priest, of course, and who was in charge of the Sanhedrin, which is the elders and the other uh, scribes, etc. So you have the bishops, and you have the you know the representatives of the twelve tribes. Yes. So all that's being handed down to us by Jesus. So he's reinterpreting and really uh, showing the uh, Christian understanding of uh, those positions, and the positions are. are important not just for the fact of the authority being handed down through them in the right order but for the unity because the church really couldn't be united unless we have uh, people in authority that are recognized by the whole church there's a, there's That's a right. yeah. I, I, I came in touch with that when it dawned on me that you know, when Jesus was lost in the temple and for three days and he stayed back and, and Mary said, why did you do that? You know, didn't you know we were looking for you sorrowing? And he said, why did you look for me? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Right. Well, he must have been he must have been going cooperating with them uh, uh, in every situation before that. So it really was a puzzlement to them why he did that. But he was, uh, when he was 12, he was being brought into being adulthood, you know, the beginning of adulthood. Mm -hmm. So it seems that he wanted to, well, he, not just he, but the Heavenly Father, because he only did what he saw the Father doing. The Heavenly Father wanted him to um, make it clear that his obedience was to the Father and that there would be painful times. And so it was really a foreshadowing of his passion where he was three days, you know, yeah, yeah, in the, oh, in, I never in thought death. of that. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And and but then the beautiful thing, the interesting thing is, if we went down, Luke says, and was subject to them. So just after he <laughs> stayed back in the temple for three days, he, now he's subject to them, and that's all we know about him for eighteen years. Right. But you know what I, gives us the confidence of knowing again during those years that he was there and he was God. You know, he was, I, he was God, but he yeah. was obeying them. Yes, yes. And that's the, that's the important thing. And I was saying, you know, what's so important about obedience that, that the only thing we know about Jesus for 18 years is he was subject to them and he grew in wisdom, age, and grace. And I said, it dawned on me that without obedience, you wouldn't have unity. Right. And that the Trinity is all obedience. The mm. Son... He says, Jesus, the Son, can only do what he sees the Father, Father doing. doing. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit only speaks what Jesus has said. He will reveal everything I've told you. That's why there's one God. Exactly. And so obedience is really the key to the fact that he wants us to be united in him as he is in the Father. John mm -hmm. 17. 
Father, may they be one in us as you are in me and I in you. May they be one in us that the world might believe. Right. That can't happen unless we have obedience. And that and so they may know that so you love them as much as you love me. I love yes. the, the next line. It just blows my mind uh, to, to think yes. that there was that much love between them. It's out love. It's yeah. a sign of the love that if yeah. we really love each other, we'll have the same uh, attitudes. We'll understand things as the other person understands it. Well, you know, if we really kind of deny ourselves, you might say, and, and let obedience be our guide, then we'll come into unity, and that unity will be a blessing and a healing power for for everybody. That's what we're looking for in the family, for example, is that kind of unity. That's right. And the ultimate the, obedience that Jesus exercised and showed us was his all the way to the cross. Right. Yeah. And yeah. obedience, some people think that obedience is against freedom, but it's just the opposite. Obedience is the gateway to freedom is, a, is the title of a book that a friend of mine wrote. <laughs> obedience, uh, gateway to freedom. Yes. yes because true freedom is love, mm. and it respects one another. Freedom isn't individualism like we're doing. We think freedom is everybody doing their own thing, but that just leads to fragmentation. That's not really helpful for anybody. No. But we, one of the, I think one of the most humble and most beautiful gifts God gave us was free will. And I think of um, in the Garden Gethsemane when Jesus said three times in his humanness, knowing what he was to face, asked the Father to take the, this away from him and that yes. this cross would not be his. But he said, but not my will, but thy will be done. So there Amen. was that, that beautiful obedience and... He, he went all the way for us. Helped and it's out of love. It isn't slavish. Yes. It isn't no. feeling, you know, I'm under the gun or something like that. No. It, he, he loves the Father, so he wouldn't think of, because uh, the Father knows everything, So he, and he loves himself. So it's the Father sending Jesus. Sometimes we think we used to be taught that, you know, Jesus, by his suffering, uh, help the Father to love us. Well, that's crazy, you know, because the Father loved us to send Jesus. Yes. I mean, we were we were sinners when he sent him. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, he did this out of love for the Father because of the Father's love for us. Right. And what did he do? He identified with our poverty, with our suffering, mm -hmm. with our the consequences of sin that all of us entail because of our sin. So he he wasn't blaming us. He didn't come to accuse us. He came to save us. Yes. To mm. show us he loves us while we're still sinners. Yes, that's right. Yes. And uh, John 3.16, right? For yes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. That whoever should believe in him will not perish <laughs> but have eternal life. And it starts Amen. right now. And people people wonder how the cross is, is helping us, but that's they miss the point. They, mm. The cross is a sign of Jesus' willingness to suffer our pain so that we know that we're loved even when we're sinners. That's right. He's taken the consequences of all our sin in order to restore us to what we would have been if Adam and Eve had not sinned. Yes. And wow. he succeeded. He said on the cross, it's finished. So that's this, that's that's the kind of authority God has. It's authority.
used to a power over somebody. Authority is the power to give life, authorship. It comes from authorship. Mm -hmm. So true authority is somebody who really is can can do that particular thing. And you people then will learn from them, you know, how to be mentored into uh, doing the same thing. And so Jesus is, is not telling us just to believe the things he's taught. He's telling us to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. To, you have to learn how I do it, and then you do it. So you ought to be giving your life for one another, too. And so that's what he said. Greater love than this no one has than to give one's life for one's friends. Right. And t even today in our gospel, John 15, when we talked about being the branches. Uh, we, here we are. We're, we're being branches today. And uh, we're giving glory to God, raising our arms just like the trees do that he created so long ago. And uh, here we are now giving him glory by uh, doing this program uh, to edify not only ourselves, but the people that, and prom uh, that are listening and also the, uh, promoting his word uh, and deepening our faith. It's, it's, a, it's a glorious moment for us. Um, Father, could we talk a little bit about um, uh, the? It seems that uh, the new formation of priests today um, is uh, really uh, being—they're be, really being encouraged, uh, in spite of the problems of the sexual abuse in the church. That um, they're really—they uh, came through uh, at a different time, uh, and uh, we're, we notice the difference so much because we're older. But the young people, there's there's a freshness and newness of their faith that they can bring into their priesthood, and yes, uh, I think that uh, you know the young, the new formation. I know Bishop Barron feels that there's he's very encouraged by the formation of the the new seminarians. Beautiful, yes. Well, I like Bishop Sharon uh, Barron's uh, program. You know his uh, websites are very helpful, and uh, he has a new. A website there with uh, leading figures in the church. Yes. Yeah, like, uh, yeah pivotal players, <laughs> I think he calls it. Pivotal players, right. Beautiful. Yes. G.K. Chesterton, for example, or Newman, you know, uh -huh. John Henry Newman. St. Francis. Or, yeah, <laughs> yes. beautiful. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's so, I thought he, that's a beautiful gift. He has a gift for, <clears throat> for making that uh, accessible, you know, that... Uh, Yes. To show the beauty of the, the church, yeah, even if it's got its own problems too, but mm -hmm. everybody has problems. So God has nobody else to work with. It's not as though we're saints. And to, to base our confidence and authority on the basis of their sainthood or whatever, that's, that's not helpful. Yes. But we can make choices. We don't, might not always agree with those in authority, but we, all should, we should always honor them. Right, and it really is like, for example, for Jesuits, if we have a difference of opinion from our superior, we're supposed to tell him and the reason for it. If he still thinks we, he wants us to do a particular thing, we're supposed to do it because we have that, you know, vow of obedience. So God's going to work through the authority. Right, and and he had said that to even Sister Faustina that that she is to obey her spiritual director, uh, whether or not. Uh, he agrees with what Jesus said. <laughs> so, in other words, yeah. the, Jesus will go along with him because he's going to honor that 
uh, role of authority that the, the director has mm -hmm. or the guide has for the, the person. Uh -huh. That's important, but it's also important for, for, for the person to pray for the right director, because uh, Teresa of Avila, you know, <clears throat> got confused with the number of her directors until somebody came to her to, to say she should intensify her penances. So she was being taught to kind of go uh, with the kind of centering prayer and she came to the conclusion that it was only trusted a spirituality that was through the humanity of Christ. And so, uh, because to get rid of that and to simply move towards the spirit of somebody is, is is losing the personal relationship to Jesus that is the key to opening up to the union with the Father, etc. That's so, absolutely true, yes. You know, I, just going back a minute to, um, to what I had said earlier about uh, my husband and I uh, in the beginning of our marriage and as our, during our courtship and all, it came, we came to realize uh, um, all the good choices that um, our parents had made for us uh, and yes. raising us as Catholics and uh, Catholic uh, in our, my case I had Catholic education all the way through college so they made a lot of wonderful choices for me but you were just talking about that and I and that personal relationship with Jesus Christ was something it was not a choice I had made and yes. it was not until I was 29 that I realized I could do this it was time for me to choose and I did, and so did my husband. And at that time, it just made uh, such a profound difference in our lives. The next time I went back yes. to Mass, I There's thought I'd never been there before. It just came, everything uh, came alive because uh, I, I had been obedient all those years to my parents' choices, but then I began my walk with the Lord. It was, uh, and that's why I'm here with you today. <laughs> That's very so, important. I, yeah. I've talked with people who have uh, problems, you know, with especially with nowadays with the, the kids uh, often choosing to not stay with the church or whatever. Yeah, and right. you're saying, you know, how can how can I be assuring that they'll do it? And I say, well, you can't really because they have a free choice, and God honors their choice. Yes. But if you if you, <clears throat> uh, I remember. Ruth Carter Stapleton, some years ago, she's the sister of Jimmy Carter, and she's charismatic, and she was, and she's died now. But she said that, you know, when her 15-year-old daughter asked whether she would give her permission to go to a beach party, uh, Ruth felt at that point she needed to make her own decision. So she said, well, you, you decide, and I'll support whatever you decide. He said, you really would let me go if I, I choose to go? Yes, because you have to decide, and it's before, you know, God, that you're making the decision. She came back and she said, I don't think I should go. <laughs> <laughs> but she yeah. trusted her, yeah. her choice. So if we, if, if we can trust the people but r let them recognize that they're doing that before God, because all authority is from God. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to Pilate, you know, you'd have no authority whatsoever over me were it not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who's handed me over has the greater sin. That's right. Well, it shook a little Pilate's <laughs> confidence, but he still didn't go back. You know, he still was scared. Of course. And made a decision out of concern for what yeah. what Rome is going to think. But whatever. <clears throat> but, but Jesus is clear. All, all authority is from God. 
whether it's nat which civil authority or whether it's spiritual authority and that so we really have to make those decisions and so if if we disagree then we're to bring up the reasons why we disagree to the superior but if he still thinks that we should do it then we go along with his choice because there's he can't choose something that's simply sinful then he has no authority to do that because God right. would never do that but he can in most decisions they're able to be looked at in different ways you know and if he thinks that that's the way he's called to look at it then I go along with it <clears throat> or uh, but I also need to bring it up and make it known so the lay people need to bring up their concerns or whatever let the superiors choose but pray for their leaders so that right. they make the right choices we'll you pray know. for our priests right yes. Yes, pray for yes. them and honor them even Francis of Assisi he would never say anything against somebody in authority even though he didn't agree with them you know <clears throat> absolutely yeah uh, you know that um, there are, no matter what our vocation is and there's people out listening to us today that are in all different walks of life some yeah. are, but we've been focusing on the authority and the and the grace and the sacrament of of ordination and our beautiful priests um, that have suffered through some very difficult times but are, I think we're coming into a, a a great time of renewal I believe and I think okay. that's true for all of us but again um, it comes down to it like you have said so often today father that obedience and um, the and to that all all authority of heaven and earth has been given to me Jesus said and we follow that uh, and that's where the freedom is that's yes. where the peace is that's where the joy is those are all divine gifts that we get from and that's where yeah. the healing is because when we're in tune with God then his healing power can flow through us for right. other people which is exactly the theme of the show yeah. yes. <laughs> the healing Beautiful. power yes, yes. so uh, I just thank you so much um, for your enlightenment today and uh, I know that um, that as we go ahead the formation of our beautiful priests will only get better and better as we continue to pray for them and we need to pray for them yes we need there to pray are for them people who whose mission is to pray for priests yes the rosa yes, mystica amen. prayer amen. groups right yes especially nowadays because there's such a challenge nowadays too but uh, <clears throat> just pray for our country too that the country there, there's a, a talk by uh uh, I don't know about Sam Shapiro, if, if you know that name. He he has a he gave a talk to Victory University. He's he's a Jewish. Ben Shapiro. But it, is Sam it ben? Shapiro. Ben. Oh yes, yes. Yes, he's very yeah. very well. He's very smart for one thing, he but he's is. he's committed to the truth. And he went through the Ten Commandments and re related it in relationship to how we're living today, oh. and showed that that if we all had the, an agreement about the Ten Commandments or about sub, submission to God we would be one but now we're we think we're the ones that are in charge of our own choices so we've we've scattered so everybody is now fighting for their opinion and we are at each other's throats yes and so Moral nothing is happening because we don't have a common commitment we need to have a common commitment and the Ten Commandments are a beautiful one to put God first to honor our fathers and mothers they honor marriages 
so that we could really be there, not to lie, not to you know, covet our neighbor's goods, not to steal, not to take things from people, whether you're the government taking people's property or whatever because of taxes or whatever. In other words, honor people's individual freedom and then they will be free. Yes. But yeah. the freedom when we assist on it on ourselves, it never becomes free. No. No. It's all enslavement because we, when we sin, Jesus says, you become slaves of sin. Absolutely. The what a beautiful way to free. close our program today. Thank you so much, Father. Thank we you, will Father. look forward to you coming back again soon, and we'll continue our discussion on the sacrament. Healing the whole person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.